Hello and welcome to The Talks, the podcast that will provide you with resources and tools to improve the quality of life for you and those around you. We are your hosts, Alejandra Gaitan and Miriam Vasquez. Today we're going to continue our conversation with my co-host Alejandra Gaitan, Capacity Development Specialist at Project Vida, about the different effects of trauma, coping mechanisms, triggers, and stress responses. So make sure you listen all the way through to learn the details. Special thanks to our Best Buy Teen Tech Center, a program that Project Vida designed to empower youth to learn different elements of art and technology, for allowing us to use the center to record this episode. For more information, visit pvida.net slash Best Buy Teen Tech Center. Hi, Ale. Hi, Miriam. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. So I'm glad we're continuing this conversation. I'm happy to be here as well. Um, so last time we kind of had a brief introduction about what trauma is. Mm-hmm. We talked about um, multiple things. And amongst them, it was how trauma is experienced differently by different people. Mm-hmm. Like the same event can be done, can be experienced differently depending on who you are your background your coping skills your net of support etc mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, we also talk about triggers mm-hmm. um, we did. and we covered a, a couple more topics here yeah I think it was just an introductory right mm-hmm. kind of laying the foundation of what trauma is how it looks like how it can be experienced by other individuals and what it means to be triggered right it's, mm-hmm. it's different for everyone but it's mostly, you know, those bodily sensations, those extreme kind of emotions that take you back to maybe an experience that you got, that you had as a child. So mm-hmm. may, that's why uh, at the end of the day, the the key takeaway was kind of doing that introspection and reflection about what's going on in your life, right? What, mm-hmm. what, what happens when you feel too much and why do you feel too much? Mm-hmm. Um, and we covered... You know, those experiences as children, as adverse childhood experiences. Right. We did talk about the ACEs as mm-hmm. well. We, we did and how, you know, it's it's not just about a number, right? It's mm-hmm. about kind of learning about ourselves and understanding that trauma is so prevalent that it can happen to anyone. It can happen to, to your friend, to your parents, to fa- um, to classmates and, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So not so much to kind of treat each other with, you know... Oh, I mean, obviously, yes, treating each other with kindness, but understanding that you may not know mm-hmm. what everyone is going through. And that's why it's important to treat each other with kindness, with understanding, kind of not labeling their, not labeling the, the person, but mm-hmm. labeling their behavior more so mm-hmm. and saying, you know what, maybe they're triggered or maybe they're going through something. Right. Um, like and that's kind of giving the benefit of the doubt and yeah. being empathetic as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. That That's really what we covered covered last time Mm -hmm. and and just as a reminder you know this although this specific topic and and what we do as as a capacity development team at project vida we do work with uh, youth serving professionals mainly and Mm -hmm. so this this is more so in towards those individuals but i think trauma the topic itself can be relatable to anyone right so even though our work and and our topics are geared towards them i think anyone and everyone can pick up on a few things that, mm-hmm. that we talk about and that we will continue to be talking about today. Right. And when we refer to uh, youth serving in, uh, professionals, we're referring, for example, to teachers, mm-hmm. counselors, um, different professionals that work with youth, right? Mm-hmm. In, especially in the school setting. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Miriam, for, for clarifying that. Yes, it's 
anyone that works in, even if it's also outside of the school, but mm-hmm. still, you know, maybe doing after school. Got it. Or, or us as Project Vida staff mm-hmm. members who co- go in into the schools and still are working with the youth, right? Okay. I primarily work with directors of guidance and counseling, for example, which okay. is another pool of individuals that, that we serve. But that's mainly the population that we target. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, today we're going to continue our conversation mm-hmm. on trauma, right? And mm-hmm. we're going to talk about... Um, some topics that in general that mm-hmm. we didn't get to cover maybe last time. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to talk to us about what it's like to implement trauma strategies in the school setting, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So just to start off, you know, we talked about trauma and we talked about triggers. So trauma is, is about the, the event that an individual goes through, the experience that, you know, our brain connects to, to that event. And how impactful it may be and how it can then affect our our behavior, our way of thinking, mm-hmm. um, depending on those support systems that we may have and our coping strategies that, that we may be able to adopt in order to work through that event. Okay. Um, so then then we talk about triggers, right? So mm-hmm. those those are the types of effects that we're talking about. Mm. The the types of effects that kind of if if you're put in a situation, let's say a child, you know, who experiences violence at home mm-hmm. um, might be prone to feeling unsafe if that child listens to raised voices like yelling or okay. slammed doors or, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that child may not be, may not know why that, why, why he or she gets triggered. Mm-hmm. But it may be because that brain of, of that child may connect it to their experiences at home. Okay. So that's when we well, that's what we mean when we talk about triggers. Mm-hmm. And after that, we then connect it to those trigger responses as stress responses. Okay. Right. So we have three types of stress um, stress that we can experience. We have tolerable stress, we have positive stress, and we have toxic stress. Okay, so tolerable stress seems to be that it's like everyday stress, I'm yeah. going to be late to work type of thing? Yeah, oh, uh, well, that, yes. Yes and no. The, let's see, let's, let's backtrack a little bit. When we talk about positive stress, we talk about those types of stresses that can maybe help us get through situations that are very common. Okay. So, for example, I could be very stressed or nervous about a presentation that I'm going to give. Mm-hmm. And that is a type of stress response, right? We, we feel our hands may be clammy, mm-hmm. our stomachs is in knots, but we're able to work through it. We're okay. able to kind of think about a situation or, or, or balance our, our nervous system. And that stress is helping us get through that presentation. It's like giving us energy mm. to get through it, right? So that's why it's positive because it's actually yeah. helping us get mm-hmm. things done. Mm-hmm. And even though it might feel uncomfortable yeah. when we're experiencing it, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it has a positive result. Yeah, and, and it could be also like starting a, a job. And okay. those are the kinds of experiences mm-hmm. that you were describing. Whereas tolerable stress are could be a bit more serious i guess okay um it could be more of so like more more negative i guess you could call it like that okay. yes it could be you know maybe the loss of a loved one mm. but if you have proper support being able to manage those your nervous system a little bit better so that you can work through that event okay. so that it doesn't become toxic okay toxic stress is those 
and like those situations where it's more chronic, like it's more repetitive mm -hmm. and you're not able to balance your nervous system to regulate it and, and feel like you're balanced. And mm. those could include like neglect, abuse, isolation. It could even be bullying, right? If it's constantly okay. occurring, if if it's there, you have no support mm -hmm. and that kind of level of stress ends up affecting your brain development, especially if you're a child. Okay. Um, and you end up adopting certain behaviors. Like coping skills? Kind of, yeah. Okay. It could be coping skills. So that's why it's so important to look at it as a survival mechanism. Mm. Because for some people, let's say um, for a child, it might be safe for the, him or her to kind of raise their voice when they're at home because okay. they feel like they're in control. They feel safe. Mm -hmm. But in the classroom setting, that might look like they're disrespecting right. their adults. But if they've been triggered or if they're mm -hmm. under certain stress, yeah. then they're going to have the same response that they have at home, yeah. even if the situation is different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then for them, that is a survival mechanism, mm -hmm. right? That there's survival coping skills. So to them, it doesn't. To them, it doesn't translate, I'm being disrespectful. Right. It's more of like, I'm trying to be safe in this situation. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be in control of this situation. And that's why I'm going to act this way. Got it. Um, and when we look at it, if we want to kind of divide it into sections, right, of how students may adopt these coping mechanisms, that's what we call the stress response. Mm. It's their, the flight, fight, freeze, fawn response. Okay. And when I talk about that or when we mention that, it's, for example, the flight is those students that may they want to kind of escape the situation, right? Mm -hmm. They they end up kind of um, trying to maybe not think about what's happening to them and they start overworking themselves or they start being workaholics mm -hmm. or they start trying to kind of deny their reality by focusing on different things. So it's not necessarily just physically removing yourself yeah. from the situation, mm -hmm. but it's also mentally checking yeah. out to an extent and just mm -hmm. like doing everything and anything that mm -hmm. you can do so that you're not, f you know, faced with that stress response. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that's the flight response. The fight response is more, it's more combative. It's mm. like they're going at it and they're, they, their behavior and their thinking could be a bit more aggressive. Okay. Um, they may start yelling, they may start punching walls, you know, like, because they want to feel the, the way they feel safe is by being in control of the situation mm. and by fighting and by saying, like, no, you know what, you're wrong, I'm right. Mm -hmm. That is their way of feeling safe. Like, for example, the example that you were giving about the child raising their voice mm -hmm. in the classroom, mm -hmm. they're, they're using their fight response. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then you have the freeze response. The freeze response is more disassociative. Okay. Like you end up kind of daydreaming. You end up mm. kind of um, not knowing how to deal with the situation. So you just kind of stay put. And to give you an example, um, when when I was a child, um, we were in the line to cross the border. It was a summer night. The car was not a good car. We uh, had been there for like hours, yeah. and I was the the I've I mean I'm the youngest one, so I was in the middle seat. Um, oh, it was no, the it was middle really, seat. It was really I'm uncomfortable. So sorry. Yeah. Really uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but it turns out that one of the vendors that is you know walking along mm -hmm. notices that our car was caught on fire. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so everyone had got different responses. Uh -huh. My response was to try to go to sleep. My response uh -huh. was. 
I just, I want to go to sleep. It doesn't make sense. Right. I think about it, I'm like, little Ale, you are not being safe. You are not being safe. <laughs> little Ale, fire, run away. That's, that should have been yeah, the response. But yeah, but to me, it was like, if I go to sleep, when I wake up, everything will be okay. Got it. Let's not deal, let's yeah. me not deal I with it. I don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think about it. This is really dangerous. So I'm just going to try to go to sleep. Everyone else will have will do what they need to do, <laughs> and, and we'll I'll hopefully <laughs> remove you from that situation as well. Yeah, but as I've grown up, I've noticed that in in certain situations, I freeze. Like mm-hmm. I physically, my body just kind of tenses up, and it takes me a while to know how to respond to a situation that might be unsafe or that might be dangerous. Got it. And so that's just an example. And I also. I also daydream a lot. Mm. And and that is a coping mechanism that I didn't know it was, right? And I was like, oh, I understand. Like, maybe as a child, this is what I did. Mm-hmm. I, I tried to step away from what's happening and start kind of, you know, just being in the in, in, in the moment and present, like physically, but mm-hmm. mentally, I was checked out. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I say it's, it's very important to think about your responses in stressful situations. Got it. It's... It's definitely not necessarily easy, but it can give you awareness, awareness that can help you understand yourself a little bit Mm -hmm. more. And if you feel like you need support, then, you know, ask for it. And then lastly, we have the fun response. The fun response is more of like the people pleaser. Uh, because you're they, fawning over someone. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're fawning over someone. You don't want to disrupt the peace. You don't you know, you don't want to um, you might start like stepping on eggshells because you don't want the other individual to be upset mm. or the situation or fl- or the situation flare up. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that codependency. Of even like their needs are ignored just for the sake of keeping the peace for another individual. Okay. So um, you put yourself through whatever it is that you need to put yourself. Mm-hmm. Lack of sleep, mm-hmm. taking the blame, mm-hmm. walking on eggshells, whatever mm-hmm. it is that you need to do so that the other person that might be triggering mm-hmm. the stress response mm-hmm. is okay. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, the... You do whatever it is that you need to do for the other person and you neglect yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, you know, as I'm as we're talking about these stress responses, I for those youth serving professionals, I think it's important to understand that all of us can pick up these stress responses. Mm -hmm. So it could be us as adults. Mm -hmm. It could be as children. Right. You know, picking up these different stress responses and. Not one child will only have one type of stress response. Mm. It might depend on the situation. So they might have more than one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because they may have been experiencing different situations, mm. and those situations may need may need certain type of behaviors that help them feel safe. But that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that it is uniform across all Got type it. of experiences. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that that's just that's something important to have again because trauma just goes further than just you know I experienced something negative I experienced something that it wasn't it wasn't good there's there's consequences mm-hmm, I guess mm-hmm. to that 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 happens and that's why I think it's super important that we end up touching on those things to start raising awareness like I mentioned right be aware mm-hmm. and like. And also, as you mentioned, like, even though we're talking specifically about youth serving professionals, Mm -hmm. if we have youth around us, you know, Mm -hmm. if we have young people around us and maybe we see some of these things, Mm -hmm. maybe just approach them and Mm -hmm. see if how how are things going. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, because does it mean that every time that someone has some of these responses, automatically there's trauma behind it? Or can it be another explanation for them? I mean, there could be. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, not, I'm not saying, I think because saying that everything is tied to trauma, I think is very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. and, and it could be untrue, right? There mm -hmm. could be other reasons um, that don't necessarily attach to trauma. Okay. But I think if we look at it through the lens of trauma, if we always have it on, mm -hmm. then in that case, in case it is, in case it is, we're able to say, you know what? It's not that this student wants to be defiant. It's not that this mm. student wants to be disrespectful. It's, it's not that the student is. Um, it doesn't care about their work. Mm -hmm. It may be that the student, like it, they can't. It's it, it's been researched, proven that if they feel unsafe, okay, they're not going to be able to learn. They're not going to be able to retain that information. Mm -hmm. Furthermore. It's been proven, right, that trauma affects the brain development of individuals. So if there's youth who have experienced trauma since at an early age, mm -hmm. then it's going to be harder for them, depending on what which region of their brain was affected, mm -hmm. to retain information or to show some type of emotion, right? So. Okay. Each region of our brain is responsible for that. Mm. So just to give you, I, I don't want to go into the weeds of, you know, the brain and, and, and the heavy terms or the technical terms that mm -hmm. come from it. But like the prefrontal cortex is very affected by Which it. is what's in front yeah. of a... Like if we think about our head, what yeah. we can touch is that like near near um, like forehead, more close to your forehead. Okay, yeah. all right. So if you or also if you close your fist and you put your thumb underneath your four fingers, mm -hmm. that your prefrontal cortex would would be the the front like the four fingers Got of, that, of that fist. Got it. Taking our fist as our brain. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and the prefrontal cortex is affected by trauma. And mm -hmm. the prefrontal cortex helps us with reasoning, with logical um, consequences. Mm -hmm. And so if it's affected, well, that's going to be hard. And, and, and also, like, the prefrontal cortex doesn't fully develop until we're 25 years old. Uh, so yeah. it's hard for us. It, it, it's physically hard like neurological hard for for students to think things through consequences because mm -hmm. their brain is still developing and then if they experience mm -hmm. trauma mm -hmm. and that that growth and that development mm -hmm. is stunted mm -hmm. then it's even more difficult mm -hmm. yes okay yeah so so it's definitely again important to keep on those trauma lens mm -hmm. on say so, you know keeping that trauma lens on is just for that reason right you just never know Mm -hmm. who, who's experiencing trauma. And it might not be connected to trauma, but the further you explore and the, the more rapport that you may build with the student, you're able to identify what is and what isn't and, and how you can help with that. About, yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. um, it just, I, I guess in, in the topic of prevention, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. This is kind of a preventative strategy to an extent mm -hmm. in the sense that by making these assumptions, mm -hmm. you give um, the student the opportunity to you know, heal from this because mm -hmm. you're, you know, you might be more likely to mm -hmm. see their behavior mm -hmm. under a different lens that prompts you to reach out to mm -hmm. them, to, you know, ask if everything's okay, to maybe connect them to resources, whatever mm -hmm. it is that the student, you know, would like to do and, mm -hmm. you know, 
as, as you build rapport with them. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's just very important. And I'm not saying it, it's easy mm -hmm. because we are all human. Yes. And so in moments of distress, when that student is, is, is acting up mm -hmm. or or is not paying attention, and, and maybe it could happen from one day to the next, right? Yeah. Um, and you're like, wait, the student was behaving this way now they're behaving this way mm -hmm. and i think that's those are the moments where you're like you it's very important to start questioning rather mm -hmm. than placing judgment or not uh, necessarily placing judgment but but assuming, assuming that the, yes. what they're doing is because like you know the motivation behind mm -hmm. what their behavior mm -hmm. yeah. and it's just more like they're behaving this way i don't know the cause mm -hmm. but if i assume it might be linked to trauma mm -hmm. that student has more opportunities mm -hmm. yeah 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 And I think it's also very, when we if we move on from a stress response to an attachment style, when we do that, we're talking about the importance of building relationships, right? Okay. And so trauma ends up affecting how you build relationships with other individuals. So attachment refers to the way that you attach and relate to other people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's about kind of, Do I feel secure in this relationship? Mm. Which is secure attachment style is a, a, one of them. Mm -hmm. And and secure talks about feeling safe enough to, to, for example, like open up and speak if you feel uncomfortable or if you want to mm. be honest about something. Mm. You, you know that you are able to relate to each other in a very safe, healthy space without no one feeling less than or controlled mm -hmm. it's just kind of even ground for it's both a safe space to be vulnerable mm -hmm. in. yeah okay. and so that's that's the secure style okay. for individuals and then we have the avoidance style mm -hmm. the avoidance style could be those individuals who may have for example maybe the flight or freeze response right where they are they can hold a relationship but that doesn't mean they're going to open up Mm. They're, they're a bit more distant mm -hmm. in, in their in the way they relate to other individuals mm. like closeness and proximity especially emotionally is just too much for them to to bear uncomfortable mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and then you have the anxious style and the mm. anxious style is more of that fun response if if, if we want to connect it to those stress oh, responses okay. right okay okay Those the anxious uh, attachment style are more of that codependent. Like, mm. let me take on your problems because I want to be with you. Don't leave me. Mm. And like, they're you're holding on to them to whatever mm -hmm. it is, mm -hmm. and you're doing whatever it is that you need mm -hmm. to do mm -hmm. so that you remove, like in your mind, obviously, mm -hmm. because it's not necessarily a guarantee of mm -hmm. anything, but in your perception, if you remove all stressors, like all possibilities of that other person being discontent mm -hmm. they'll stay mm -hmm. yeah. yeah 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 and so when you have that you know the the problems and the needs of that individual who's anxious kind of disappear mm. right and and they they go to the needs and the wants of that other individual who they're trying to build a relationship is at the forefront even if that individual doesn't want that even Got if it. that individual's trying to even maybe step out of the relationship or mm. maybe try to balance it out It's the anxious uh, uh, style mm -hmm. that ends up kind of still wanting more proximity. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have the anxious avoidant, huh. which... <laughs> the best of all worlds, <laughs> I see. <laughs> I, yes, it's, it's when you combine those two. And mm -hmm. it's, 
when we when we talk about it and we look at it in the student perspective, those are the students that you know want some sort of proximity, but then when you give it to them, then they're rejected. Uh, so it's both. So you're like confused yes. and you're like, well, but it seems like they wanted it. Mm -hmm. But then like us, you're giving it because they feel very uh, overwhelmed by mm -hmm. proximity. Then their um, avoidant mm -hmm. attachment comes through and then they bolt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's when these are the types of individuals who might have experienced a lot of trauma a mm -hmm. lot continuously of that complex trauma that we talked about in the first episode yes and that may still be experiencing right right um so they might have experienced neglect or abuse or any assault all those different things and they're just so confused about what it means to feel connected mm. um, that they don't know how to deal with it right mm -hmm. like feeling like they want to feel connected may may trigger them and say like you know relationships are unsafe mm. and that's however I want to feel close yeah because we're human <laughs> mm -hmm. and and as we are growing connection relationships love empathy all of that are things a very important elements in our development that help us feel safe so mm -hmm. relationships especially with our caregivers and so on and so forth, like those types of relationships kind of are a reflection of the way we see the world, mm. right? So, and the way we see ourselves. So if we grow up and we grow up feeling like we're not loved, then we're going to think that we are unworthy of that love from anyone. And oh. if we experience um, continuous trauma, then we're going to see the world as an unsafe space mm. for us to grow, for us to be there in, right? So they have a different type of, of lens on mm. where it's it's more of like everything is dangerous, everything is unsafe, so I must protect myself at all costs. Got it. And so they have to walk around with an armor, mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. that armor looks like, mm -hmm. lashing out mm -hmm. or like... Uh, being confrontational mm -hmm. or whatever it is that they need to do in order to feel safe mm -hmm. because they assume everything is unsafe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and so when we when we look at that in children, right? So, for example, we have this, this model that talks about, um, that can help visualize and understand how, for example, a avoidant attachment style may connect with the teacher or may connect with, with let's say the object at hand which is maybe a homework okay so for example the avoidant a, a student that may pick up an avoidant attachment style may possibly um reject that kind of connection or, or feel too much if they're connected to the teacher right if mm. the teacher is always constantly trying to be see nurturing mm -hmm. and like try mm -hmm. to reach out to mm -hmm. them they're gonna be like get mm -hmm. away from me mm -hmm. And so if that's one connection, right? Mm -hmm. And then the other connection could be um, the teacher then focusing on the homework uh, at hand uh -huh. and saying, you know what, let me connect through that to that student through that homework uh -huh. or okay. that project. Okay. So instead of trying to connect with the student in a more, I guess, direct personal, way. Yeah, direct personal way, it's more, um, como se dice, um, um, like a more... I'm missing the word. Uh, like indirectly, mm. you're 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 building that relationship by saying, you know what, I'm going to focus on 
trying to guide the student through the homework mm -hmm. and saying, oh, you know what, let me, let me, like you're doing a great job in your homework uh -huh. or you're, 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 let me help you get through this in, in terms of the assignment. Got it. And so it's more, it's more as using tools. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And other external things mm -hmm. like projects or mm -hmm. homeworks mm -hmm. or let's say if someone um, wanted to get close to them in an after school mm -hmm. or something like that, maybe uh, a service learning project mm -hmm. or something where you can build rapport, mm -hmm. you can build relationship without mm -hmm. that student being threatened because it's not done directly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then with avoidant, it's kind of, no, sorry, the anxious is uh -huh. kind of opposite mm -hmm. because the anxious will try to, be super close with the teacher, mm -hmm. but not focus at the project or homework okay. um, at hand. So what the teacher could do is say, you know what, um, kind of try to build that independence by saying, you know what, I will be back in 15 minutes and we will focus, we will, we will look at this homework together. And that way there's still that separation. Mm -hmm. But that student knows that in 15 minutes, that They'll teacher's come back. And so they don't get triggered mm -hmm. and get anxious mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and whereas the anxious avoidant, that is a bit more difficult because the lines are blurred all, all the over time. the place. Mm. Um, but it's just constant reassurance. Constant reassurance that they're there. Um, giving them enough space. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe saying, you know what, giving them clear and direct instructions on their homework mm -hmm. again kind of combining all of the of the avoidant and, and anxious um kind of tips okay right giving them an instructions telling them that they're going to come back and then focusing on the on the task at hand to mm -hmm. be able to build that trust but it would be constant reassurance constant managing you know their behaviors to know what's going on with them if they're being so that means that you need to constantly be monitoring in order mm -hmm. to figure out whether they're being at avoidant at that moment mm -hmm. or anxious so that mm -hmm. you can adjust accordingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. That That's definitely something to keep in mind when working with a student that is adopting that anxious avoidant mm -hmm. behavior. Mm -hmm. um, and that's more or less what that learning triangle model talks about, right? And, and ideally, you want the secure attachment mm -hmm. where the student is able to focus on the homework, on the project, but they feel safe enough to be able to talk to the teacher if they have any problems. The teacher feels safe enough to approach the student, mm -hmm. and then the teacher is able to help the student uh, in the homework as well. Okay. So that's what you would have, what you would want ideally in that secure attachment style. Mm -hmm. And um, these are the strategies that you could do as a youth serving professional mm -hmm. or even as someone who has a youth in their lives mm -hmm. to build that connection, build that rapport, mm -hmm. depending on what you see that student or that youth uh, expressing mm -hmm. as their attachment style. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think, as I mentioned, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. And so and we can go into a complete different topic in terms of, you know, youth serving professionals and experiencing secondary traumatic stress. Um and again, that could be a different topic on its own, but it's important to, to understand that. Yeah. And that's why I think it's important to keep in mind, you know, when you have students that are experiencing some sort of triggering moment, mm -hmm. uh, for example, some of the tips that I may say is like, do not mirror their behavior. Okay. So if they're yelling or if they're raising their voice, try to keep yourself calm and try to, to manage those things. And again, I understand it may be hard because you're also human. And you might also be triggered. Yeah, you <laughs> might also also be triggered. Um, but it's important to do that because they may not be able to control what's going on. Like their nervous system might be up the roof. 
firing, um, mm-hmm. mayday, mm-hmm. everything's a threat. Yes. Mm. So mirroring their behaviors is just going to escalate the situation even more. And confirm that it is a threat mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's just going to get mm-hmm. out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, so just obviously not mirroring their behavior, kind of having a, a balanced tone and understanding that also space is necessary mm. at that point maybe and, mm-hmm. and, and offering that option of saying, you know what, let's pause mm. and, and, and take some time to, to cool off. Um, that could mean um, stepping away from, from the classroom um, and maybe going on a walk with them, right? Because mm-hmm. safety also is very important. Maybe at that time, they still need someone to be there with them. Okay. But saying, you know what, let's go on a walk. Okay. Let, let's, let's do something to kind of put your mind at ease. Redirect. Yeah, redirect, right? Um, and you have, like, um, coping strategies like breathing techniques, like mm. breathing in and out, right? Or, or helping the students situate themselves in the present moment and saying, you know what, touch, what do you see? What do you feel? What do you smell? Using your senses to ground themselves and, and be in the space that they're in because their body might be in that triggering moment that they experience maybe at home. Mm. And they're like, okay, you know what, let's take, let's, let's bring us back to this present moment. Let's make sure your nervous system is regulated. So then when, when, then we can talk about it. Mm. Then we can start fixing things, right? Um, One thing that I think it's also very important is understanding that not because a student experiences trauma, that high expectation or expectations are lowered for them. Mm. They're still individuals. They still, you know, Need to respond to the classroom yeah. setting, mm-hmm. and they still have mm-hmm. responsibilities and things that they need to mm-hmm. accomplish. Yes, it's just a matter of the strategies that you're using. Yeah, yeah. So I yes, you, that is exactly what what I was going towards because also I think it's all doing a disservice to them and their development. Mm. Right? If we start kind of excusing their behavior mm. and saying it's okay, it's all good to for you to to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, say what we're trying to aim in our work is like how to handle those situations to help them manage their their triggering moments so that way they're able to you know explore and learn and and, and build relationships as they should be doing at school mm. I, th- I think that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. and um, just going through the different things that we've Um, discuss today all the way from the stress responses how that connects to our attachment style Mm -hmm. how we can use different uh, techniques to reach to students or to Mm -hmm. youth Mm -hmm. who have these different attachment styles and then how to model our behavior Mm -hmm. and uh, regulate our own behavior Mm -hmm. so that we're not exacerbating the situation Mm -hmm. we're not making it worse we're not just contributing to this student's distress mm-hmm. um, and we're rather bringing it down and we're helping them regulate yes. by us being mm-hmm. in a good calm neutral space yes yes i think this is very valuable information ale thank, thank you, you so much for joining us today as well thank you mary appreciate the conversation all right well do you want to have a final message for our audience you know maybe some last minute's words of wisdom, something that the audience can walk away with. Yeah, I think, you know, trauma is a topic on its own. is really heavy, but there's, just as there's trauma, there's resiliency, mm-hmm. right? And and that's what we started focusing at the very end of this conversation is, yes, we have trauma, but we have it, and we also have ways and means to learn from it mm-hmm. and to grow 
through those experiences. And I think relationships are one of those key components to building that resiliency. So while the students possibly, uh, they may may not have support at home, Mm -hmm. school may be a, a way for them to build these relationships. It only takes one positive, healthy relationship that they can look after and that they can learn from in order to start rebuilding those connections and start reframing the way they see the world. So that's why it's so important, you know, even stepping outside of school, you know, as humans, having those safe and healthy relationships with loved ones, with friends, with colleagues, whatever that may be, Mm -hmm. they start, again, reshaping the way we feel and, and the way we interact with others and the way we start seeing things a little bit differently they help us develop a new frame of Mm -hmm. reference yeah and they help us have new lenses Mm -hmm. to -hmm. where we can see the world yeah and so i think that that's really important it's a key takeaway of building those relationships and and understanding that having that trauma lens on Mm -hmm. can help us even even if we don't know help us help an individual feel safe Mm -hmm. at that moment when they feel triggered That makes a lot of sense, Ale. Thank Thank you so much for this conversation um, and for guiding us through this couple of episodes where you talked about trauma, talked about how it relates to us, how it relates to our youth. Um, What happens if someone would like to get in contact with you because they, you know, maybe they're interested in this topic. Maybe they would like to, they're part of the school system Mm -hmm. and they, they would like to have some trainings. How do they get in touch with you? Yeah, thank you, Miriam. It's important to know, like, our, our team, what we do is we're working with SISD and we're working um, with, well, I'm working with all different types of school districts mm-hmm. in terms of developing these trainings for faculty and staff. Okay. And the way to contact me is through my email okay. at a.gaitan, G-A-Y-T-A-N, at pvda.net. And so we have different uh, topics that we can talk about and that we can cover. And I'd be very happy to start off a conversation with anyone that's interested. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Ale. Would you like to step back in your role Um, of co-host and finish off? Yes, (laughs) Miriam. Awesome. So thank you all so, so much for listening to us. If you're looking for more information about the services Project Vida has to offer, check out our website at pvida.net or on social media as Project Vida EP. Don't forget to follow us and stay tuned for our next episode, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.